Hello everyone and welcome back to the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I occasionally post episodes, apparently. Uh, sorry about the delay in this one. This is... yeah, it, it it's delayed. But then they're always delayed. There's always an excuse. They come out when they come out. So yeah, anyway, this is the Drunken Storytellers podcast, where I look at uh, folklore, mythology, myths and legends from across the world... And a lot of occult weirdness and, and things like that as well. And gothicness and things like that. Just stories. Stories and things that interest me. So yes, this is the episode... This is probably going to be a two-parter. No, it is going to be a two-parter. I don't know when the second part will come out. Whether it will be after this one or will be at a later date. After some other episodes. I don't know. But yeah. In my last episode, we looked at the devil and some stories related to the devil, and this time we're going to look at some more things related to the devil, and this is The Devil in the Landscape. And now I have quite a long list of places, some that have some cool stories, and some which are named for Old Nick just because they're dangerous places. So we're going to start looking at some of those. I have a fair few to tell. I did state in the last episode that I would look at things not just in the UK, I've done that a bit in this episode, but I think most of the non-UK things are going to go into part two of this episode. So I've got a lot of UK-based things here. I've got some US-based things as well. So, But yeah, due to how much of an influence uh, our bestie beastie master has had on place names and geography, this is only going to be brief compared to what you could do. If you want a, a more in-depth look, I suppose, at... Um, the Devil in the Landscape. There is the book Cloven Hoof. Um, I can't remember who it's by at the moment, which talks about the Devil in the Landscape in the UK, in England. I hope you enjoy this trip through a truly evil landscape. But first, let's talk about how the Devil may have influenced the history of England in quite a significant way. We're going to travel all the way back to the year 1651, on September the 3rd, the eve of the Battle of Worcester, where we have old Ollie Cromwell. He, um, he met Lucifer himself. Yeah, he made a deal, a bit of a bargain, and a bit of a conflab with him. And, uh, well... He went and sold his soul, so that's a clever thing to do. Uh, so he sold his soul, he wanted 21 years, he got seven. So he got seven years of prosperity. And well, yeah, it worked. He won the battle. Um, he beat old Charlie Boy uh, and sent the, the last remnants of the Scottish Royal Army off backpacking, even though the Roundheads were thoroughly outnumbered at the time. And well, as we all know... Old Ollie C, he did win the Civil War, eventually. He did, he did win the Civil War. And with a remarkable amount of precision, almost seven years to the date, uh, in September of 1658, during some rather rather harsh storms, Ollie, Ollie Crom died. Dun dun dun. And the English experiment of being a republic came to a very abrupt end. Long live the Republic, but not the one that he ran because, well, Ollie Crom was a bit of a fuckhead. He banned Xmas of all things. 
so yeah um that's just kind of a, an example of a real world um history actually interacting with the devil in england um the place that this happened was a wood that i forgot the name of uh that is not named after the devil but it is still apparently a spooky place uh, and there's a lot of weirdness that still goes on in there um i'm guessing near worcester worcester so in england the devil is very prominent in english folklore there are so many 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 tales and stories and place names named for him there will be a few mentioned in this episode with a few from some other parts of the world as i say in this episode we're going to have some from america i think there's one from canada as well um but first of all we're going to talk about some bowls and in this case specifically punch bowls and well there's fucking millions of these across the world. <laughs> there's a fair few in the UK, and and there's a fair few in America, and um, all over the place. They kind of exist. They're, they're 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 prevalent all over the place. So I'm only going to talk about five of them today. I'm going to give you a brief synopsis of them all, and uh, then we'll move on to something else. I think. So we're going to start off with a nice easy one. We're going to go with the Devil's Punch Bowl in Hindhead in Surrey. Now, the legend tells that the creation of this large, dry hollow of sand was caused by the devil when he got a little bit pissed at the massive increase in the number of churches in the area. Well, you can kind of understand that, yeah. Devil, churches, not a good mix here. So he dug a stream. It's quite specific here. Not a sh- it was a stream, not a river. A small stream, not big. Uh, from the channel to to this area in Surrey, uh, and he wanted to flood the area. But during his digging, he was disturbed by a cock. A cock crowing, sorry, a cock crow, crowing cock, yeah. Uh, not the other kind, you filthy animals. And he got scared. He got scared by a angry, noisy cock. Uh, and so he got scared that he would be discovered, and he abandoned his task, had barely even begun it, and all he had managed to do was dig a large hole in the ground. This large hole is now known as Devil's Punch Bowl. So, that's your first one. Remember the cock. Next, we're going to go to the Devil's Punch Bowl in Norfolk. And this is Norfolk, England, not Norfolk, America. Or the island Norfolk. Or any of the other ones. This is the county of Norfolk in England. This one has less of a fun creation tale to it. But it is somewhat spooky. This one, this Devil's Hole, is just basically a large pond in the middle of nowhere in Norfolk. Um, it's quite hard to find, as it's on kind of like a bit of an iffy ground. It's in the, it's in the Broads. Uh, no, sorry, it's in the Brecklands, and these are kind of marshy lands. Um, and it's quite away from road, so getting to it is a little bit hard. And as far as I remember, it's a site of scientific, special scientific interest, so um, it's slightly protected uh, the wildlife is protected around there so kind of walking around there's not a great idea so yeah anyway other than special site of interest nothing weird so far but well this is norfolk and norfolk is known for weirdness six fingers on one hand or toe or whatever you know it's, it's norfolk it's weird the pond yes the pond it is unnaturally round near perfect some may say and it has this habit of filling and emptying as it pleases. And so not with the tide, nor with the rain, nor with the weather. It just fills and empties. 
as it feels like it wants to do. Just one day it's full, next day it's not, as it is. So due to this kind of weird behaviour, people attributed it to the work of the devil. Who else could do weird things to this perfect hole in the middle of Norfolk, make it fill and empty of water? It must be the devil, must, must be the devil. No one else could do something like that. Could never be something natural. No, 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 never, never, never natural. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a natural reason for this. Surprise, surprise. This is... <laughs> I'm going to ruin everybody's images of me now. Well, no, I'm not. Ruin everyone's images of spooky water holes. This is what's known as a fluctuating mare. And there's a fair few of these around Norfolk, because Norfolk is made of chalk. Uh, so these form when the subsurface chalk is dissolved and eroded away and an underground cavern or cave is formed. We then get a sinkhole, uh, so the surface collapses and you get a sinkhole form. Um, and there are many of these in Norfolk, they occur quite regularly and there was one not so long ago, uh, mid-2000s I think, uh, that one opened up in Norwich, the, the big city, um, and it swallowed a bus, like a double-decker bus, it just fell in the hole. There's photos of it online, you can see it, kind of a double-decker bus half stuck out of a, a sinkhole. But anyway, uh, these holes are known as dough lines, and they tend to be quite deep, so they drop below the water table, which, surprise, surprise, allows them to flood. Now, the water table is not a set level. It goes up and it goes down, and it's affected by the rainfall. But David, didn't you say that the devil's punch bowl does not change with the weather? Well, the water table doesn't change with the weather immediately. Uh, it, takes, it changes on timescales of months. So if there's a heavy rainfall today, you won't see that change in the water table for a few weeks. So if it was bone dry a couple of months ago, then the hole will empty. And if it pisses it down with rain, the hole will fill up a couple of weeks or months after. So that's how it goes. So yeah, that, that's, that's the devil's uh, punch bowl. I've put here next to my notes, devil's nightcap, and I forgot to look, what, look up what that is, but it's something that occurs above the devil's punch bowl. I'm guessing it's something to do with gaseous emanations coming out of the hole, but meh. Someone can go look that up if they want to. Let's, uh, let's leave the UK now. Uh, let's go look at two of them in America. Yeah, two in America and then one in Canada. We're going to go first to Oregon. The Devil's Punch Bowl in Oregon. And this is our first place named due to it being dangerous rather than any fun or interesting story. So, this punch bowl is a large cave or cavern on the Oregon coast. It's been formed out of sandstone where there was a big cave in the cliff and then the sea eroded it and it opened up. And it's one of the many, many places in Oregon named after the devil. There's a fair few. We'll, we'll talk about America later in more detail. But how it gets its name, it takes its name from the violent churning of the seas that fill the hole. Uh, so they fill this rock bowl-like cave thing at high tide. And some people like to say that it looks like a witch's brew or cauldron. It's quite a popular tourist de destination, and uh, lots of geologists like to take trips there because there's a really good geological record through these big caves. But be warned. Yes, you can enter the cave from the beach, 
and it is very very pretty and it is a tourist spot but only do so at low tide if you are trapped inside when the tide comes up it is highly likely you'll not be coming out alive this place is horrendously dangerous um, so no go swimming in devil's punch bowl oregon Let's go further down the coast. Let's travel a little bit further south now. Uh, we'll go from Oregon all the way down to California. Um, we have a punch, Devil's Punch Bowl in California. And this is in the Angeles Park somewhere. I've forgotten now. But the naming of this Punch Bowl is, like, how it's got its name, is kind of unknown. No one really knows how it got its name. It was on maps for some time and known as Ye Bottom or The Bottom. And it's related, and I'm guessing that's related to kind of a lot of other local places around there that include the name Bottom. I think there's Haikun Bottom and, and something else. So there's a few other places at the end of this valley that take that because they're at the bottom of the valley. And then in 1768, a map was drawn up by a John Rock. And uh, that's when it first appeared as the Devil's Punch Bowl. No one knows why he named it that. But it's stuck, and now it's known as that. The bowl itself is um, actually quite large. It's a five square kilometer basin and is about 100 meters deep. Uh, and it was created by the the the, the forces generated um, from the pressure of surrounding fault lines. So the punch bowl fault, yes, there's a punch bowl fault. There's the pinion fault and the San Andreas fault. They all kind of push together, smush together, cause the rocks to liquefy and fold up, creating the punch bowl. You're learning a lot about geology today. Let's move up to Canada. So we've gone across the pond, down a bit, now we're going up a bit. Uh, so Devil's Punch Bowl in Hamilton, Canada. Uh, so we're going to travel north to Canada and to one of its most well-known landmarks, the Great Niagara Falls. Yes, it's in Canada. It's also in America. It's on the border. Okay. Um, and it's actually one of the falls themselves. And it sits in the aptly named Devil's Punch Bowl Conservation Area. Mm hmm the devil's punch bowl and so they call the area the devil's punch bowl nice um it's 37 meters high and three meters wide just in case you were interested in in that uh and it was formed at the end of the last ice age so around eleven thousand years ago or so give or take so just again random bits of information but how did this one get its name uh this one has a f uh, a few tales i think i've got two here to say um, and one is them is is from the Devil's Brew itself, alcohol. Around the area, there apparently used to be a lot of bootlegging in the surrounding woods, so a lot of illegal alcohol sales and things, and so therefore the Devil's Bowl and connections like that, blah 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 blah. The other claim is that the area is far too pretty and beautiful, and so people knew that it was definitely God's work. How can it be anything else, right? It's it's pretty. It's got to, and it's amazing. It's gorgeous. It's got to be the. It's got to be God, right? It's not like the Earth spent millions of years doing all the work for it to be claimed by some upstart young God. Hmm. But yeah, so apparently people knew it was God and not the Earth that did this. But that God would not want something so awesome named after him. So instead, they named it after the devil. Cause well, you know, God, devil same thing not dichotomies of good and evil opposites like yeah it's an amazing thing that god clearly did create nah 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 it's the devil 
You're going to name it after the devil, so it's the devil's work. That won't piss off God at all, you fucking idiots. Anyway, right, enough of that. We're going to travel back across the pond. We're going to go back to the UK. We're going to drop the bowls. We're going to go from round holes in the ground to long stretched out holes in the ground. Uh, and these are ditches and dikes. Devil's ditches and dikes. We're going to start with the Devil's Ditch or the Devil's Dyke of Garbaldisham in Norfolk. He likes to spend a lot of time in Norfolk. There's quite a few tales uh, relating to him over there. And to be honest, it doesn't surprise me. It is a bit of a hellhole. I don't particularly... Well, it's pretty and there are some fun things to do there. On a folklore kind of thing. But it's not a place I'd ever want to live again. It's also weird. It's like there's one motorway that goes in and it goes out as well, obviously. But it's that's it it's all the other roads are like really tiny piddly tractor tracks that go in and out of it so it's not the easiest place to get to so anyway um there's a few devil's dikes in norfolk uh there's there's two which are quite close to each other so there's one that runs from feltwell and Wheat, wheating from feltwell to wheating which is just north of a town called thetford and there's one in garbaldisham which is south of Thetford, kind of halfway between Thetford and Dis. In the town of Thetford, there is known the Mound. Uh, the Mound is meant to be the earth left by the devil after he scraped off, off the bottom of his hoof after finishing digging the Garbaldisham dike. I couldn't really find much, or I've not really, I didn't really try, to be fair. Uh, I have a book somewhere, I think it's back at my parents, that actually tells you how and why the devil built the dike. Um, I think it might be related to the next story. Well, it's a very similar story to the next one. Um, but yeah, so he, uh, he he dug the dike, uh, had some mud on his foot, on his hoof, on his foot, on his hoof. Uh, he scraped it off and now it is the mound. It's kind of a big hill in the middle of Thetford. Because Norfolk's a bit flat. There's not really many hills in Norfolk. The actual dike itself is believed to be an early Saxon boundary marker. Or at least as it sits now, it's an early Saxon boundary marker, but it dates back possibly to the Iron Age and was recut by the Saxons. And this is kind of like according to a new recent study. But unless you have a time machine, you're unlikely to be able to actually fully answer that one as to whether it is an Iron Age thing that was recut by the Saxons or is a Saxon thing. So build yourself a time machine. Have some fun. Fun for all the family at the weekend. Morlocks. Anyway, uh, next one, another dike. This one is in Cambridge and goes from Cambridge to Suffolk. So we're sticking in East Anglia because there's lots of devilry over there. Uh, this one is actually quite long. This one's seven miles long and it's an embankment uh, built in the Anglo-Saxon times probably around one and a half thousand years ago. And this story goes that the devil went to a wedding because he's posh, you know. No, because who doesn't love a good wedding? It has free food, free booze, dancing, and you get to mess with people high on emotions and broke having spent so much money on the damn thing. Uh, the wedding uh, itself was at a place called Reach Church, but the devil, for obvious reasons, has not been invited to this thing. And it's like, well, no toaster for you then, my dears. Uh, upon arrival, the guests were... Obviously not too happy about the devil showing up. Uh, to say they were a little bit furious. And so they kicked him out. God knows how they managed to kick the devil out of a party. It's not really said in the story, but they kicked him out. 
So, Devil being a bit naffed off at having not been allowed to have some fun, he stormed off, obviously, in anger. So, being angry, his tail, his tail decided to catch fire. He had a flaming tail, and he dragged it across the ground, and it scored a deep groove into the land, thus, thus forming the dike. So that is how we get the Devil's Dyke in Cambridge to Suffolk. I also think the story is quite similar in Devil's Ditch in Garbaldsham, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But the region around the one in Cambridge and Suffolk is because there's a few other stories connected to it. Um, so it's a bit fun. So there's other dikes around the area. Uh, one that has been said to have been built by giants. That they built A giant built it in one night. And also Shuck, the good old baleful demon doggo Shuck haunts the area. Uh, just, I would recommend not going looking for him, as he is said to drive you mad within two months, and that you probably won't get to celebrate this turning of the sun, so love a good shuck story. Right, uh, the last dyke uh, is another devil's dyke, surprisingly. Uh, this one's in Sussex, and it's a big one. In fact, it's the biggest in England. It's 100 metres deep and quite long. Uh, I don't have the number of that one. It's a dry valley in the South Downs of Sussex, and it was once a major tourist attraction with its own steep hill railway. Yes, if you Google this, you can see a very short track of railway going up a hill. Because why not? But now it's uh, just a, basically it's a popular walking, hiking spot. Um, but where did its name come from? Well, this one has a tale to it as well. Local folklore tells of the devil and the conversion of the kingdom of Sussex to Christianity. Uh, the, the people of Sussex were, they were a stalwart lot, and they were the last of the Anglo-Saxons to convert to this newfangled faith. They couldn't kind of understand how you can go from lots and lots of gods to one. It would, the math just didn't work out for them. But anyway, surprisingly enough, this conversion pissed the devil off somewhat as it meant he had lost his last stronghold in England. He's like, ah, oh, damn it, all the English are now Christian. Obviously, if, if, if one person turns in this region, they all must now be Christian, and there won't be anybody else around who won't be Christian in this area. And as the devil is less want to do than God, he goes off to exterminate all the people of Sussex by digging a trench through the downs. So that, well, you dig through the downs far enough, you hit the English Channel. And that would obviously send the sea in to flood them. Hang on, didn't God do something like that? Didn't he flood a load of people? Nah, 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 I must be thinking of someone else. Anyway, um, there was a hermit called Cuthman of Staining. Uh, he discovered the devil's plan, and obviously, being a man of Sussex and living in Sussex, he wasn't too pleased that he was probably about to get very wet. Um, and being a hermit, he probably wasn't able to swim. So he went to the devil and proposed a wager. Because making a deal with the devil is always a good idea. Never goes wrong. Except in folklore. Where it either goes wrong or very right, because the devil is either really, really clever or really, really dumb. So anyway, if he could complete the dike in one night, in one single night... Cuthman said that the devil could have his soul. But if he failed, he had to hoof it and leave the people of Sussex alone. He was not allowed to have a single soul. 
Now, the devil is always looking for a good deal and soul, and a soul. He accepted. Though, as just mentioned, why why he accepted this for one soul, when if he'd actually drowned all of Sussex, there's probably likely a few hundred people there who probably don't yet f- believe in this Christian god, and are probably... St- still heathen secretly so there'd probably be a fair few more souls than one anyway he began that night and working his way to the sea he threw up large mounds of earth like digging the hole digging the hole oh i've got a big mound of earth what do i do it lob it over my shoulder these mounds formed the nearby hills of chanctonbury ring sisbury ring mount cabin furled beacon and with one mighty lump he also formed the isle of wight so, at midnight, Cuthman began his devious plan. He lit a candle and put it in his window. And he startled a cock, so that it crowed in alarm. This startled cock and small candle flame was enough to scare the devil. The devil, who can lob around earth-sized lumps... Earth-sized lumps? Lob earth around in lumps the size of the Isle of Wight and convince him that dawn was coming and that he'd lost the wager. So, this small candle, this startled cock, was enough to scare the devil. And this is the devil who can lob massive chunks of earth around. He hoofed it off in despair and disgrace, leaving behind the devil's dyke. I'm sure, though, however, there's a big flaw in this plan, because as he was walking off, wouldn't you have noticed that it's not getting lighter? Right. Midnight, it's dark, there's still a couple of hours till sun rises, so if he gets scarred, he'd come back at what? Anyway, it's it's a story, it's folklore, whatever. Um, but yeah, as you can tell, this is a story similar to the one we first told, uh, just with a bit more detail. And at the end of the dike, we find more devil-related name places. So this place uh, is in Sussex, which is... Uh, where was the first one at? It was in Surrey. So, not quite the same place, but very similar stories. But yeah, so at the end of the dike, we do find a few more places named with the devil. Uh, The most well-known one is the Devil's Graves. And this is where the devil and his wife are said to be buried. And here's a fun thing for you to do at the weekend with the kids. Run around it backwards seven times while holding your breath. See who appears. Maybe it's the devil. Right. Uh, that is the dikes. We've got a few hills coming up and a few other random bits coming up for England. We've got quite a few here, so I think this is going to be a bit of a long episode. Which is why I'm breaking it into two. Anyway, we're at Clay Hill in Wiltshire now. This is a very similar story to another one I'm going to tell again in a minute. Uh, this one, the legend relates to Clay Hill um, and talks of an angry devil. So, the populace of Devise had converted to Christianity, and... Surprise, surprise, this pissed the devil off. But instead of trying to drown them like he did with Devil's Dyke, he tried to bury them under a pile of earth. However, the devil, not being the smartest tool in the shed, as we've just discovered, was easily convinced that it would take him too long to get there. So he dropped his pile of earth by the side of the road and buggered off. Apparently he doesn't like walking either. He doesn't like doing much, this devil. Next up, not too far away, still in Wiltshire, we're going to look at the devil's chair. Um, and this one can make you a bit dizzy. 
So, sat in the largest prehistoric stone circle in England is the Devil's Chair. This is the largest of the stones at the southern entrance, and its naming likely has a very mundane origin, but there are a few legends attached to it. It is said if you run around the stone 100 times anti-clockwise, that's right, run 100 times around a stone, you're going to get a bit dizzy after that. Uh, the devil will appear to you. So that is one of the things, but um, as I say, the, the naming of it is thought to be very mundane and to come from the church's efforts to stop people from being pagan, surprisingly. There's a few examples of that around where the, the church thinks, I know, I know, we'll, we'll stop these, these pagans believing in their gods by telling them that our god's enemy lives there. Like, oh, 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 you're scaring us because you told us a god that we don't believe in, his bad person lives here. Logic. Logic for you. Anyway, uh, we're, still in, we're still in Wiltshire. Again, uh, the devil does like to get around in England. He, he, he appears everywhere. There's a horse race with him in Norfolk, which is uh, quite funny. Anyway, Silbury Hill. Uh, here is another hill. Surprisingly enough. <laughs> My notes are amazing. Here's another hill made by the devil on his way to bury a town. Uh, this time the town is called Marlborough. And again, he dropped it this time. He dropped the, he dropped the big bag of mud again. Because apparently he doesn't like carrying bags of mud. But he likes yeeting mud all over the place, so... Why drop it? Why not just yeet it? But this one, this time, there are two reasons given, depending on which story you listen to. So there's a story where a priest or a load of priests um, asked for redemption and or banished him. So the, the, the details of that story are a little bit vague. The second one is very, very similar to Clay Hill. So maybe he did this on the other way. So he's carrying a sack of soil bound for devis. Uh, yeah, and it's the same one. So these two hills, Clay Hill and Silvery Hill, are about 30 miles apart as the crow flies. Yeah, so devis is kind of halfway between the two, so... Hills 30 miles apart, Devis is the middle. Um, but yeah, so the people of Devis find out that the devil plots to drop them in mud. Or drop a load of mud on top of them. And they send out a dude uh, with a sack full of worn out shoes. And up to more trickery from the local folk, the guy tells the devil that these are the shoes he has worn out on his way to Devis. Now, how the Fuck, the devil didn't realise, like, I'm not wearing shoes, I have hooves. Don't know. Or he didn't, like, how's this guy been walking behind me finding all my discarded shoes? The devil really is not painted well in some of these stories. So the devil not being much of a walker, apparently, or one to commit to an idea and see it finished, uh, couldn't bear the thought of walking any further, and just dumps his sack of soil and gives up, creating Silbury Hill. So... Hmm. Hmm. Silbury Hill is about 15 miles away from Deviz's... Deviz? Devives? I don't know how you say it. Um, 15 miles isn't... No, for something that is carrying a massive bag of mud, it's probably quite large, it's probably not going to take them that long. Devil is really not coming out of this way well. Uh, Silbury Hill is... itself is the highest prehistoric man-made mound in Europe. 
so that's kind of cool. And it's not too far from Devil's Chair, so all three of those places are quite close to each other. So we're going to go now from south of England, so Wiltshire is kind of down south, it's near Stonehenge. Uh, we're going to go north, we're going to go all the way up to North Yorkshire. And here we find some wonderfully tall standing stones. They are really quite impressive standing stones, um, quite violent looking in a way. Uh, these are the second tallest as well. So the second tallest in England, um, in the UK. In England or the UK, I can't remember. Um, and their name comes from a pastime of the devil. One that he's probably slightly better at than walking or burying towns under mud. And that is shooting arrows. And at this time, he's shooting arrows at a town for no other reason than for shits and giggles. At this time, he was shooting arrows, arrows from a hill uh, neighbouring the town of Oldborough in North York's, not the one in Norfolk. Um, and there's a few miles from where he was. So he was on one hill, Oldborough's on another, a few miles distance. However, it was just out of reach um, of his bow shots, and the arrows fell short. This is said to form the rocks that jut out and are known as the Devil's Arrows. And there are also some creepy stories of human sacrifice at this place, where bodies, or the, the sacrifices, were placed on the pointed stones. Yet the tops of these stones are quite jagged. They're quite square. They've got rivulets, uh, grooves running down them, and the tops are quite spiky. Um, but yeah, so the sacrifices were placed on top of the pointed stones and left to rot with their blood running down the grooves in the stone. In a rather pretty image. Next up, uh, so we've got two more from England, I think, and then I'm going to ramble on about America for a little bit. So we've got next up, we've got Tar Steps. Uh, these are in Exmoor and Somerset. Uh, not they, it. The Tar Steps. Even though it says Tar Steps, it's a thing, single thing. So you see that nice stone bridge over there? Yeah, that one over there, right? Wouldn't it be a shame if the devil built it, and that if you attempted to cross it, the devil would kill you? Right? That'd be a bit of a shame, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen here. Or was supposed to happen here. The locals were all a bit sus of this, and uh, so, in, in their infinite wisdom, they sent a cat. Poor, poor, poor kitty. They sent a poor kitty across the, off across the bridge, like, cat, look, there's food over there, go, shoo. Well, it got halfway across, and kazap! It was vaporised in front of their eyes. Unhappy with this, and so they should be, killing a cat. I'd be very upset about this as well. The local parson was sent to meet the devil at the midpoint of the bridge. And after some toing and froing, the devil agreed to let the people cross upon one stipulation. That no one is allowed to cross the bridge if and when the devil chooses to sunbathe there. And this deal is still in place today. So if you go to the Tar Steps Bridge and see someone bathing on it, cross at your own risk. Next up, last one in England, we have the Devil's Apronful. I'm going to call it Apronful, it's probably not pronounced like that, but it's spelt like that. And this is a clan in North Yorkshire. And it likely dates back to the Bronze Age. Uh, and it does have a tale to it as to how it's got its name. I'm going to tell you that tale as it is told by the Reverend Thomas Parkinson in his 1880 book, Yorkshire Legends and Traditions. And it goes thus. 
on the high moors which separate Nidderdale from the heads of Washburn, Dibble, and other tributaries of the Wharf, are several remarkable peaks and masses of rock, bearing the names Nurse and Knot, the Apronful of Stones, the Whig Stones, presumably meaning a Saxon, Warstones, Pockstones, Grimwith Fell, etc. The Apronful of Stones is a group of rocks heaped together in delightful confusion, their disorder and name beginning thus being thus explained. Once upon a time, whether when he built the bridge over the valley or at some other time the record saith not, the devil was determined to fill up the ravine, or gill of the dibble. For the purpose he was carrying these enormous crags in his apron, when too intent upon his object to properly observe where he placed his feet, he caught with one foot upon the top of nurse and knot, and stumbling, the strings of the apron broke, and the contents were thrown upon the ground as they now appear. It is also said of them that if any of them, even now, were to be removed, they would certainly be brought back to their original place during the succeeding night. So yeah, maybe it is apronful. But yeah, uh, there's a few similar stories kind of like that around England where the devil is building things and he's putting stones in his... Uh, apron. I think there's one story down in Gloucester, I want to say, with a giant who does something similar, a female giant, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, I think that's enough of the UK. Uh, let's move away from there and do a quick tour of the US. Now, the US is full, and I mean full of places named after the devil. Um, most of the places carry the name of the devil or Satan due to them being dangerous or to uh, do white colonialism and demonize the sacred sites of indigenous people because yay church and racism. They are pretty ubiquitous in New, Ze New Zealand, no, in New England because, well, Puritans, who really truly believed that the devil was out for their soul. Uh, Connecticut um, has been nicknamed the Devil's Playground due to its plethora of devilishly good place names. It has five devil pens, four devil backbones, two devil's kitchens, and a devil dripping pan. Kind of like an anti-Christmas 12 places of Satan, or 12 days of Christmas. Uh, the southern states also have their fair share. Obviously, Arizona uh, has a fair few, because, well, it's fucking hot there. Hot as Satan's balls. However, it is the state of Massachusetts that sits high. It has 43 places named after the devil. It is officially the most devilish place of the US. So let's take a look around at a few of these. We're going to start off with quite a common name that is not to do with the devil. It's actually Satan. This one is Satan's Kingdom. So... There's a few areas around the US called Satan's Kingdom, and we shall start with one area in New Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, so apparently this got its name because Satan claimed the area as his own. He's like, yeah, cool, this place is amazing, oh, I want this one, me and my homies are going to hang out here. But this pissed off the Archangel Gabriel, uh, who was like, nah mate, nah, this place is too pretty, you can't have it, it should be God's. So he booted Satan and his band of demons out. There is one in Vermont. Uh, which got its name from the settlers who thought, ooh, this place looks nice, it looks pretty, must be like the other place named Satan's Kingdom. Uh, we can farm here, we can do lots of things with this really amazing fertile land. And the land was all like, yeah, no, have some rocks instead, 
have some hills. And again, in the Devil's Own Massachusetts, uh, there is a place called Satan's Kingdom, and it has the same reason behind it. So, like, oh, this place looks really good to go and farm and live, and uh, no, it wasn't. So, there's that. Let's move away from Satan's Kingdom. And if anyone has seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind, then you will have seen a Devil landmark in the US. And this is the iconic hill that is seen in the movie, the one that is made out of mashed potato and clay and various other things throughout that movie. This is known as the Devil's Tower, and it's found in the Black Hills of Wyoming. And because of that movie, it's now a haunt for UFO nuts and New Age types, which is slightly sad because it's a slightly um, sacred site for the local indigenous peoples, which unfortunately is also where the name comes from. It comes from uh, bad translation. So it was originally called Mato Tipila, which means Bear Lodge or Bear Rock. I apologise to anybody who knows how to say that properly. But when, in the 1800s, I want to say, it was translated first, it was translated to the Bad God's Tower. And uh, white people being white people, they then changed that to the Devil's Tower. The actual native stories of, of kind of why it's called Bear Lodge and Bear Rock and, and things like that are actually really, really cool. And I will do a story on them one do a story do an episode on one them on them one day but uh, not today as this is more about devil but yeah basically white man culture of fuckery right there and uh, we got two more left for this episode these are going to be just two very quick ones we have the devil's kettle in minnesota this is a hole in the rocks halfway down a waterfall uh, and it kind of collects half of the waterfall. Most of the waterfall goes, one half goes down into the, the river, and the other half goes down this hole, and nobody knows where it comes out. Uh, maybe it even goes to hell itself. <laughs> or not. Um, and then there's the Devil's Hole in Nevada. And this is a cave found in Death Valley, which is filled with deadly water. Is this a path to hell? Is it bottomless? There are un this is all unknown as the vast underground network of caves has not yet been fully mapped, so it may well be a bottomless, deadly water cave thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is home to an endangered species of pupfish who love the oxygen poor waters there. Um, the whole, I, I remember seeing this on the TV show at one point. I can't remember what it was, but the, it's, a, it's a hole in the ground and it's actually protected by quite a few massive fences because it's so dangerous. Uh, and, and it's because it's the only place in the world where these pupfish live. There's like 10 of them or something stupid, really small number. Um, but it's also home to two dead teenagers who jumped in in 1965 and were never found. Because teenagers can be clever. But anyway, uh, that's that. That's that for this episode. It's been a bit long, um, and I've got way more things to tell you about. I've got places from Peru, Slovenia, France, Zimbabwe, all across the world. But I shall leave those for another time, I feel. So I hope you enjoyed this, this tour of places related to the devil in the UK and the US, and one in Canada. Um... You can find me over on social media, but not that I interact with social media. I'm on the Twitter. I'm also on that new one that's come out. What's it called? Threads. I've just set up threads like a day or two ago. Um, 
and I'll put the links for all my social media in the show notes. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head at the moment. I've got an email, which is the drunken storyteller uk at gmail.com, where you can drop me show notes, show ideas, and things. Um, I have a Patreon where I am currently telling Faust. I've just recorded episode three. I'm in the process of editing it at the moment. They take a long time to edit because poetry. And I also have uh, the coffee thing, Kofi. Uh, if you want to buy me a coffee to help me keep this podcast going. Not that I do much, so I don't expect anything off anybody because I hope you enjoyed that. I shall hopefully edit this and get it out quickly for you. If not, you'll hear it soon anyway. All that is left for me to say is goodbye, my friends.